Luke chapter number 22 in the Word of God today. Look at verse number 54, if you would, please. Luke chapter 22, verse number 54. I've always loved that sound. What's that you think I'm talking about? Hearing them pages turn. I love that sound. Amen. Thank God for my Bible. Amen. Amen. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. After a little while another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. About the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, This fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. Immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Take your Bible if you would now go back to the left just a little ways to the book of Mark chapter 16. The book of Mark chapter 16. This is after the resurrection. Mark chapter number 16. And I want you to look here in the word of God with me if you would at just one verse of Scripture, and I think this verse of Scripture says a whole lot about the other passage I just read. Verse number 7. Let's just read verse 6. He saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid Him. But go your way, tell His disciples... Two of my favorite words in the Bible, and Peter. That he go up before you in the Galilee, there shall you see him as he said unto you. I'm going to deal with this passage here in a moment. And I want you, if you would, to keep your Bible open to it. But it is just going to be one passage in a matter of three points that I'm going to preach. And I want to preach this morning with the help of God on this thought. The God of a second chance. The God of a second chance. And you know this passage of the Word of God. And one of the great preachers of the New Testament has failed God miserably. And yet you find in the book of Mark that Jesus cared so much about him. And as I've said to you many times in this pulpit, failure is not forever. And Jesus cared so much about him that Jesus didn't just say my disciples, but he said, make sure you tell Peter I want him there as well. He is the God of a second chance. I believe in all my heart without a doubt in this auditorium this morning that there are some folks in this auditorium that need to know 
that God can give you a second chance. You need to know that God can help you pick yourself up, brush the dirt off, and go forward. I believe you need to understand that God can and will if we allow Him. Give us a second chance. Father, may you bless the Word of God. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I want to give you three instances in the Bible where you find a second chance. The points themselves will not be complicated. But yet I believe some of the greatest truths in the Bible God gives us here in these passages of the Word of God. I want to deal with three areas. The first area I want to deal with is a simple thought of a second chance to be saved. A second chance to be saved. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Let me say this, most of us did not get saved the first time we heard the gospel or we even fell under conviction for the most part. Now I thank God for those the very first time I was preaching in St. Lucian the very first time that two men had ever heard the name of Jesus when I was witnessing to them got saved by the grace of God. But that's not always the case. Many times and for many of you you heard the gospel several times before you gave your life to Christ. But aren't you glad he's a God of a second chance? Let me say clearly today that God does not even owe us the first chance. I guess according to Scripture, uh, somewhat he does because the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish uh, and he wants us to get the Word of God. But friend, once God gives us that opportunity, he does not owe us anything at all and God can just simply move on. I grew up in church most of my life. I heard the gospel many times. God dealt with my heart many times. I sat under conviction, palms sweaty, heart feel like it was about to beat out of my chest, knowing I was unsaved, knowing I needed Christ, knowing I was lost. And I sat there even under conviction. And yet, I didn't respond to the gospel. God could have simply let me die without Him. God did not have to deal with my heart. God did not have to save me. I remember years ago up in the other building, we'd had a service. It was just one of the most unusual services. And in Iredale County, you can have a lot of unusual things to happen. And we had a real uh, unusual service that day. And I'll never forget, people were standing up testifying uh, about getting saved or how they wish somebody get saved. And then a fellow stood up I'd never seen. Now, if you know me, I'm very cautious when people stand up I don't know or say things that I don't like what they say. And I'll just say this to all of you visiting. I would never do that in here because this is one preacher that will keep things decent and in order. But I want you to understand this. This man stood up in that service. And when he stood up in that service, he, gave a, he made a statement that took everybody back. I'll never forget it. He said, I wish I could get saved. You remember it? Now, 
Brother Burgess, and this is missionaries here, the Burgess family with us today. And Brother Burgess, when he stood up and said that, my first inclination as a preacher was, was to say, sir, come on down and, and give your life to Christ. And, and we want you to get saved. But he didn't stop. He said, I wish I could get saved. And I said, well, sir, do you want to? He said, I can't. I've never had that to happen in church. Some of y'all remember it. And he began to say, God had dealt with him on numerous times. God had dealt with him about his salvation. God had dealt with him about getting right with God time and time and time again. And he had refused that call from the Lord. And he said, preacher, all of a sudden, one Sunday, it went away. He said, I never felt that pull again. He said, I never, he said, I haven't felt that draw. And by the way, let me say this. You don't get saved by signing a card. You don't get saved by doing it when you want to. You don't get saved by this society. Well, I think I'm going to get saved today. Friend, you be wary of a deathbed confession. I believe they can happen, but it has to be the Holy Ghost pulling in somebody's heart. You do not go to God. God comes to you according to the Bible. People ask me, where's that lying soul winning? It's simply this. You mentioned the name of Jesus at a door. You mentioned the name of Jesus knocking on doors and winning some people. And if the Holy Ghost is there moving, God can save somebody. I believe that. But I'm going to tell you, it's a drawing of the Holy Spirit of God. And I want to say this to you today. I want you to understand this. I want you to understand that man that day was saying it right. I mean, I felt bad, but he was saying it right. If the Spirit of God doesn't draw you. He wasn't saying it arrogantly. He wasn't saying it trying to be out of the way. He wasn't saying it. He was just saying, preacher, preacher, don't you understand? God dealt me a long time. you got to understand, I know we serve a loving God. I know we serve a God of grace. I know we live in a dispensation of grace. I know we live in a time where God can do great things. But I want you to understand, God does not have an obligation that He has to keep on calling us. We call it sending away your day of grace. Saying no. God said in the book of Proverbs, because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have said it not all my counsel. And you would none of my reproof. He says, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now I understand in the time period this was, God was speaking to a rebellious nation of Israel. God was speaking to people that would not turn to Him, that would not follow Him. But friend, I want you to know that the New Testament is the Old Testament unveiled. Jesus has always been there. He is what it is. He is our only hope of salvation. And you'll find in the Bible that God says, my spirit will not always strive with man. That means if you're sitting in this auditorium today and you have heard the gospel before and you do not respond to that gospel, you don't know that you will ever have another opportunity to do so. I want you to listen to me today. What is the gospel? It is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. 
It is knowing that Jesus died for you, that Jesus was buried for you, that Jesus rose again, and that He will pay all your sin debt. He will pay all your sin debt. But if you reject that, if you say no to that, then there will come a day where God may say, okay. Because you know what you do every time you reject Christ? You trample the blood of His Son. The fact that God would love me so much that He would come to where I was at in my little world and deal with my heart and deal with my life and say, I love you and I want to save you. The last thing I better do is turn that away. So I want to say today, if God's dealing with your heart, you say, well, preacher, God's dealt with me before. I thought about getting saved. I know I need to get saved, but I just didn't. Well, I'm going to say this today. If He's still dealing with your heart today, God's a God of a second chance. Amen. Boy, I'm glad he didn't give up on me when I was lost. I'm glad he didn't give up on me. I'm glad that I could trust Christ. And and I'm glad the Holy Ghost kept dealing with me. He didn't have to, but I'm glad that he did. Amen. Second chance to be saved. Second of all, you see this. In our passage of the Word of God that I've read, sometimes God gives you a second chance to serve. Can I just say this today? Do you know if you look in the Word of God, there is no doubt that of all the people in the New Testament, I would say Peter loved Jesus as much as anybody. I know you may think about that and you may say, Preacher, uh, but look what Peter did. I mean, Peter denied the Lord. Friend, we deny God every time we don't stand for Him and we don't live for Him and we don't do right. We can't be too hard on Him. We do the same thing in our own lives. But I want you to watch this. Peter denied the Lord. He got around the wrong people, sat around the wrong fire. He did something he thought he would never do. He never thought that he would fail God. He never thought that he would turn his back. He even said, Lord, I'd die for you. Said, I'd die for you, didn't he? Absolutely. He said, I'll give my life for you. Then the pressure got on. The pressure got on you how to live for God when everybody else didn't want to. Peter turned his back and he denied the Lord. Some of the saddest words in the Word of God, the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. You know what I think in his heart was? I have blown it. I have blown it. God touched my life. God saved me. God called me from fishing to giving the gospel. God's been good to me. God has blessed me. God has put me in the in the God has put me in the in the secret God. God has put me in the apostles. I've had a great opportunity to serve God and I've just blown it. You ever feel like you've blown it before? Man alive. You ever feel like sometime, Miss Patricia, you just want to go home and say, you know what, Lord? Boy, I blew that. I blew that. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, just hanging in. Brother Mike, those times, and you just, you know, man, God gave you an opportunity and you failed him. I'm not talking to you personally, but just in my life. 
There have been times. There have been times that I went home and thought, Lord, why in the world would you ever use me again? Why in the world would you ever care about what I do? Why in the world would you ever? But you know what? You know what Peter didn't think about it? he left there? He thought about Jesus, how he saved. He thought about how he failed him. But I guess old Peter didn't think about it. You know what? He's a God of a second chance. He's a God that'll do something for you. He's a God that'll help you. He's a God that'll give you what you need. He's a God that can help you in your time of need. He's a God of a second chance. Not only a second chance to be saved, but a second chance to serve. Here's how it happens. Peter weeps bitterly. You got to remember, this is real close to the Via Della Rosa. This is real close to it all ending. He's going to Calvary. Peter's not going to be there. Matter of fact, none of the disciples are going to be there. Size one, John. Nobody else is there. More ladies are with him than the men that walked with him. Kind of an average Baptist church. But don't you watch this. He dies. He gets out of the grave. Preached about the resurrection last week. He gets out of the grave. And then, and then, he said, go tell my disciples. Amen. He's risen. Go tell them. Amen. And I just love him worse, Brother Kerry. He knew if he just said, go tell my disciples, all of them would come but one. You know why that one wouldn't come? I'm not worthy to be a disciple. I have failed God. I'm not worthy to serve God. He don't mean me. He surely doesn't mean me. My life's a mess. I failed God. I've done wrong. He doesn't mean me. He'd say, Brother Bill, Peter would say, man, y'all go see him and I hope everything goes good, but I'm just a failure. But Brother Russell, he said, go tell my disciples. Don't miss that little conjunction and. Yeah, I know what that is. You proud of me, Christian? He said, go tell my disciples and Peter. <laughs> you know what he's saying? He said, you make Peter, let Peter know, I know he's failed me, and he knows he failed me. But you let him know, I want to see him. Are you ready for this? You let him know that I'm not done with him yet. You let him know I got something else for him to do. You let him know that he's on my side. You let him know that he's not a failure. You let, he's a God of a second chance. How many times in your life have you pillowed your head and thought, God ain't going to do nothing with me. I mean, my Lord, trying to live a week for him, sometimes it's hard for us to live a day for him. I mean, I don't know about you. I can just speak for Brother Chris. I don't live with you. I don't go through your life. I don't know about you. But there's been a many a day, man, I'm thinking, God, why in the world would you ever use somebody like me? You ever, you ever felt like, you ever kind of felt just like a 100% total Failure. Now I've had good days. I've had weeks where I'm thinking, well, Lord, I bet you're glad to have me. <laughs> Amen. Don't have many of them days, but I've had a few where I thought, Lord, I'm doing pretty good today. 
But I'll tell you what, I've had a whole lot more days, Pastor. I've had a lot more days than I just felt. He's a God of a second chance. Lord, I feel I feel this, I feel this sweet in my spirit, this in my soul, thinking, listen to this. One of the greatest chapters in the Bible in the Old Testament on a vessel of God is Jeremiah 18. Let's go in the potter's house a minute. The Bible says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the potter's hand. You know what that means? That means he had a vessel that was stubborn. Some clay, the potter can get in his hand and it just forms so good. But then there's some clay, there's some clay, how much do these things cost? Little box right here, how much does that thing cost? Not much. Some he gets and he just, he just can, he's molding them, you know. And it's so easy because they're pliable. But then every now and then he gets a chump of clay, you know, sort of like you, me. And he's trying to mold it. And it just won't work. So he. You say, I bet he's going to throw it away. No. He's going to put it back in the fire. He's going to put it back in the oven. He's going to put it back. And then one day, after he puts it back, all of a sudden, you come in. There'll be a vessel sitting up on the shelf. You'll say, my, that's beautiful. Where did that come from? And you know what I want to say? That was old broken piece of clay that didn't want worth nothing and didn't amount to nothing. But God took that clay and made something out of it. Says it was marred in the potter's hand. But notice the rest of that verse. Read that verse to me, Brother Heath. You in that chapter? Can you see it? You can cry and read it. It's all right. Read that verse. What does it say? Jeremiah. Anybody turn to Jeremiah with me? Some of your iPad jokers. Get on it real quick. He made it what, Brother Burgess? Again. That almost sounds like a song in that saying, He's still working on me. Amen. Boy, some of us God gets a hold of, and when God gets a hold of us, it ain't no big deal. But every now and then, He got some of us. We're all hard and stubborn, and we don't want to listen, and He'll throw us back in the fire, and He'll work on us a little more. But you know what I'm glad of? I'm glad God doesn't throw the clay away. I'm glad the potter knows what He's trying to do. You may not know how and you may not know when, Brother Burgess, but he will do it again. Amen. I'm glad he'll do it again. You might have walked in this auditorium. You might be saying, I don't know if God could ever do anything in my life. Well, he's a God of a second chance. I got to hurry. He'll give you a second chance to be saved. I believe that. Listen, I didn't get saved first time I heard the gospel. And I could have died that day and went to hell. Thank God I walked in there again. Holy Ghost said, Hey, Chris. Amen. Thirdly, he'll give you a second chance to surrender. I told my wife this statement. God put this on my heart while I was in my office studying. God put something on my heart. Every one of us will surrender. It's just a matter of will you do it willingly. 
Amen, Brother Harry. Every one of us will surrender. You will surrender. You will bow the knee. Maybe not to a preacher. Maybe not to a church. Obviously not. You shouldn't have to. But you will bow the knee to Him. Every knee shall bow. Everybody will surrender, but the deal is, will you do it willingly? There's some of you sitting here right now, listen to me, sitting here right now. God been dealing with you about something in your life. And you know He is. I don't know what it is. It might be a minor thing to others, but it may be a big thing to you. God been dealing with you about it over and over again. Maybe personal life. Maybe in your life, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to suggest, but God dealing with you about something in your heart, and you know He is. But you know what? You bowed up. And I don't mean you walk around strutting like, God, you ain't telling me what you do. But in the heart, when you don't surrender to Him, that's exactly what you're doing. Amen. The Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. When we rebel, so why so much rebellion in our day. There's so much demonic influence in our day. Witchcraft, demonic. That's why there's so much rebellion. People think, people that rebel think they're the one doing it and they don't even realize they're just a puppet on a string. The devil's just, just got them exactly where he wants them. Rebellion against authority. Rebellion against parents. Rebellion against school teachers. Listen, I saw the other day where a school teacher had to get on some children. And then after they, that teacher left that day, just took a cell phone in a, in a classroom. Just took a cell phone in a classroom because kids aren't supposed to be on their phone during class. Parents followed her away from the school and they drug her out of her car and beat her unmercifully for taking their kids' cell phone to class was over. Now, let me ask you a question. If a parent will do that, if a parent will do that, what are they raising? You're raising nothing but rebellion. Amen? And what I'm saying that for is this. When we rebel against God, when we say no to God, He may give us a little space. He may say to you, and I'm just using your name, but he may say, Miss Elizabeth, I done told you time and time again, get that right. Now you either going to do it willingly or you're going to do it. Now you can believe what you want to believe about God. And I know, turn your television on. He's a God of love and I know. He's also holy. He's also just. You ever had God deal with you something in your life and you just kind of bowed up and said, well, everybody else done it. You know, because that's what we like to do. We like to look around the church and find out somebody else ain't as spiritual as we are. We like, to, we like to look around and say, well, I'll tell you, I may, I, I, I may not be doing exactly right, but I, I know old so-and-so how they live. Tell you why, won't you grab so-and-so by the hand at the judgment seat? See if you get to go together. How you won't do that. You can go out here and sit on bar stools, liquor it up, dope it up, cuss it up, fornicate, adultery, all that stuff. And I believe Christian people get involved in that mess and you can get out there doing all that and you can say, well, uh, other people do that too. I don't even know some preacher down the road got caught doing that. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, you're not going to answer for nobody else. You're not going to answer for anybody else. 
But I will tell you this, you will surrender. Willingly or grudgingly. But if you're a child of God, you will surrender. You say, ain't no man going to make me surrender. You're right about that. I gave up on that a long time ago. I'm a happier guy because of it. I quit trying to make people surrender. They ain't going to listen to me. I preach. I hope they get some word. But you know what? I quit trying to make people live right. I just preach. Get done. Let the word of God and the Holy Ghost. My job is just to preach and not to make you live it. Say amen right there. Amen. Let me ask you a question. What's God been doing in your heart over and over about? Jesus said through the Apostle Paul, I believe the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament, Hearken not your hearts as in the provocation of the day of temptation of witness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Saw everything I did for them. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. The book of Romans chapter 1 and 28 reads like this. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which were not convenient. It's not a matter of if you will surrender, but will you do it willingly? Let me say this today. I believe that reprobate mind and God giving over, I believe it has to do with the man rejecting the gospel, rejecting God. But I'm going to tell you this. I believe sometimes he will even let a Christian have what they want. You ever been to the place as a parent? Some of you that been a parent and that's a tough job to be a parent that's a tough job a lot tougher and some of y'all that haven't been one yet when you get to be one you'll come back to me if I'm still living and you'll say to me well you're right that's a tough job but don't you listen to me you ever had a child and you just finally just couldn't do nothing with them just couldn't do it just couldn't do nothing with them and you thought well the best way they can learn a lesson is I'm just going to let them learn it now that hurts to do that. We call it tough love sometimes. But I'm going to tell you this. Sometimes God as a Christian, you know what he'll do? Sometimes he'll say, all right, you want it? You believe David loved God? David got what he wanted, but he lost what he had. Right. Believe Samson loved God? Samson got what he wanted, but he lost what he had. Oh, by the way, you believe the prodigal son loved his father? Sure he did. He got what he wanted. But he lost what he had. A lot of people think, yeah, but he got to come back home. He did not come back home with what he left with. He did not. He left a whole lot of what he had in the far country. Second chance to surrender. What if God today say, you know what? I got the preacher up there to preach you this morning so that you'd have another opportunity to get that right with me. I'm glad he's a God. There's somebody in this building today, God's dealt with you about being saved. You haven't been saved, God's dealt with you about it. But the very fact that you're sitting here right now and you still feel that in your heart, I'm not right. See, I believe when God writes you off, when it goes to the place He doesn't deal with you, I believe with all my heart you won't even have any inclination. You, you, you'll just set our stone. But if God's still dealing with you about being saved, please don't leave here today without being saved. If God's dealing with you about serving Him, you know what? Sitting across this building, there's a lot of people, I guarantee you, feel like somewhere in your life you've probably been a failure. I mean, I'll be honest with you. There have been times all of us felt that way. If God didn't use failures, there wouldn't be many folk in church serving Him. 
There may be a second chance for somebody in this building to surrender. Can I say this to you today? You're going to do it. If you're saved, you're going to do it. You say, well, preacher, if I'm not saved, I'm not surrendering nothing. Well, when God leaves you alone, you can go ahead and chalk up that your eternity is going to be in a place called hell. Because there ain't one way to go to heaven, that's Jesus. Amen. Stand to your feet with your heads bowed this morning. Aren't you glad we serve a God of a second chance?